All right, good morning, good evening, and good afternoon, and welcome to another episode of The Failure Sessions. Uh, I'm your host, Scott Bond. I have a special guest here with me today. By the way, if you heard the uh, the royalty-free crappy music leading into this episode, then that's how you know it's another episode uh, here of, of my podcast. So uh, we're working on ways of cleaning up that uh, amazing music as we lead in here. Uh, but I'm excited to have a guest here with me today who is uh, my lifelong friend, uh, my best friend. Uh, his name is Matt McDaniel. He is general manager of a family-owned business that uh, I know very well, uh, Pavement Surface Control, uh, here in eastern Washington in the Tri-Cities. And before I introduce Matt, um, you know, I want to pause for a second here. As the podcast is geared around learning about you know, opportunities uh, with, with failure, opportunities with growth, opportunities with communication, messaging, things that we've done wrong in business over time, and pavement service control is not just a small, medium-sized business. You know, this is a business that's doing you know ten million dollars plus a year in revenue, uh, seventy plus employees operating across the state. Um, and whether you're Amazon or you're Walmart um, or you're Expedia, anybody, there's opportunities to learn everywhere we go. Uh, so with that being said, Matt, hello, good morning, and uh, thanks for joining me. Yeah, good morning. Thank you. All right. So, um, you know, Matt, one of the things I want to touch on today, you know, you and I, lifelong friends, we both grew up in family-owned businesses. Now, we went different paths. I, I, d- I decided not to go the family-owned business, uh, take over the family business. You decided to go that route, um, and it's been awesome for us to get to talk over all these years of, you know, what, what you're learning still as you go and what I'm learning in business and our different paths. But what was it like to grow up in a business um, that, you know, you were talking about business every day, thinking about business every day, and knowing that you were eventually going to go this route? What, what was that like being in that household? <sighs> well, uh, the challenges that, uh, that, that I see today are not the challenges that I ever expected to, to handle as a business person. Um, you know, I always enjoyed everything I did as a kid. I enjoyed growing up. I enjoyed working on the road. Uh, I enjoyed going to work every day with my dad and being a part of this business, uh, being a part of the things that we do. But as I've gotten older and matured, uh, the developments that I've had to learn and the hills that I've had to climb and overcome, they've, they've been quite the challenges. And, and why, I guess, I'm going to ask you why is that, but I would pause for a second to think, Part of that probably has to do with, you know, you're, you're learning how to run this business every day as, you know, you know, eventually becoming, you know, on an owner path and you're general manager today, right? But, you know, growing up in this business versus now today has to be a totally different viewpoint. All of a sudden you're making decisions that affect lives and revenue and profit and uh, jobs and much different than obviously you, you, you know, hearing these conversations at the dinner table as a kid, right? Yeah, I think I think for me as a kid, uh, you grow up and it's like you're uh, going to high school and you're having a good time and everything's fine. And then when you turn 18, a little bit of the real world comes into play and you start to go to college and then you get out of college and you have to find a job. For me, um, it's been kind of the same process. Uh, I did this uh, as a fun thing when I was a little boy. My parents did lots of fun stuff with me and made me a part of this company and I got to do all of those things. And then, uh, as I got older, I got to be involved in actual, I always wanted to be a part of being on the road and being a part of the operations of the company. And so as I got older, um, uh, the real world started to settle in and uh, I was always very passionate about this business, very driven, always wanted to be a part of it. And as I went out in the field, um, that passion carried on. I wanted to get more work, 
I branched us out into the Seattle area, and it was fun and games for me, uh, while I never really understood the, the logistical pieces of it back home here in the office and everything else, I really enjoyed the stuff that I was doing. <clears throat> and as I got older and time went on, I had to come in here to the office. And, you know, when my parents started this family business, they started it with, I, I don't know, I don't want to say it, no long-term goal, but they definitely started it uh, kind of on a hope. Um, they started this business with a $5,000 check from their parents and they muddled along for 30 years, 30 plus years. And here I sit today and they didn't really write a handbook in the process of those 30 <laughs> years. They were just collecting dollars and and hoping that they had enough at the end of one year to pay for something the next year and continually grow, grew and grew and grew. And, you know, inheriting that has been a challenge of, of its own. Um, working in a family business, as you get older, um, especially in today's time, um, the new school versus old school mentalities, uh, blending those together, uh, keeping your family together, uh, not getting irritated with each other, all of those things, those are tremendous challenges that I never would have expected uh, when you were going through the fun times of the high school periods of growing up in this thing. So you went from, you know, remember you and I and all of our buddies back in the day running around both the businesses, you know, my parents' business, your business. Uh, you know, I remember um, I remember the time when after your dad gutted the bowling alley and bought all the pins and the balls and we would set those balls up in those pins and we'd be high school kids running around the warehouse, you know, bowling like it was we bowling before we bowling existed. I remember when we uh, when you bought the Ford, uh, was it the Fiesta or Festiva? Oh, yeah, the uh, Festiva. That's right. And we were driving around with helmets on, you know, jumping it <laughs> in the back of the shop, uh, you know, risking our lives, of course, as crazy kids. And, you know, now here you are fast forward, um, you know, 20 years later and now you're responsible responsible for all this. And one of the things you said I think that's interesting is, you know – you know, maybe your family back in the day didn't have this like long-term plan. Uh, business was always good. Things were growing. Then all of a sudden you come in and you're like, wow, we got to put some real processes in place. We have to really think about how we operate. We got to think differently now that we're expanding across the state. Um, what was kind of the first big aha moment for you as you started to come into the business? Or maybe what was something that really hit you hard to think, wow, like, like I'm, I'm, sorry, I'm responsible now. Like I'm in the driver's seat on this. Yeah, um, I, I don't really know. I, I mean, uh, in a silly way, I almost feel like my largest aha moments have just come here most recently in this year. Uh, I think I've just been riding this train and, and, and moving along. My parents uh, have slowly you know, allowed me to make more and more decisions, um, but I've never really had any of those decisions be... Um, negative, too negative. I mean, uh, the education that I've gotten, I didn't go to college. Uh, my mom says every day that, hey, uh, you're getting the most expensive college <laughs> education you could probably this ever This is on-the-job training right uh, here. You know, with the challenges and everything else that we face on a day-to-day -day basis. You know, so for me, I, I, I think my biggest aha moment would probably have had to have come in the last year. You trust people. Uh, you put people in positions that you think are the good fit for your company, that are taking care of you, that have the best uh, vision for you and everything else. And you open your eyes one day and find out that mm, maybe those people didn't have your best interests in mind. And so I think that's probably been my biggest aha moment is, um, and I think it comes back with what I said about nobody gave me a handbook with this. And, you know, when my parents, they developed this company, I don't think they developed it with a handbook. I don't think they developed it and said, Hey, one day, 
our son's going to take this over and he's going to need to know how to do this and this and this and this. I find myself um, dealing with certain situations on a day-to-day -day or a week-to-week -week basis, depending on how they arise. Um, and I don't, I've never dealt with them. They're new situations and it's up to me to figure out how to deal with them and, and come up with them. So for me, that biggest aha moment would have to be in the past year um, and, and learning you know, where I really fit in and, and what my role is here, um, as silly as it may sound. No, it's not, I don't think it's silly at all because I think, you know, first of all, we're always learning as we go. And that's part of the reason why I wanted to launch, launch this podcast. It's called the Failure Sessions for a reason. It's not because people are failing. It's because we're learning through failure. And I think having those aha moments where we stop and go, oh, wow, like, you know, I'm not going to do that anymore because there's a consequence as a result of it. Or, you know, wow, we lost a million bucks over here because of something we did. Let's not do that anymore. Um, one of the things I want to go back to is this new school versus old school thought. You know, growing up in this in this family business, um, specifically in the construction industry, you know, the old school thought uh, is very different than today. And you and I have talked a lot about it. Everything from the way you think about culture with the office, culture with your teams, the way we talk to people, the way we work with people. Um, the other thing, too, is the way that we work with business partners, the way we work with, um, you know, processes. What's been one of the, the big learnings there for you with, you know, kind of the old school versus new school mentality as you're coming in and, and starting to look at this business in a different way? Um, man, I don't know, because I've seen pretty much everything with the old school stuff. Um and, you know, uh, both of my parents, they started this, uh, you know, like I said, kind of on a little bit of a dream. And it's grown up into this large company and in, in the world that we live in today, uh, you know, trying to establish that new culture, trying to uh, be as current with the times as we can possibly be. It's, it's been a challenge. And, you know, um, I think as time has gone on, the, the bigger challenge has been the other people, there's a lot of uh, long-term employees that work here that, that have been a part of that old school and, and trying to shake and shape into that new, uh, that new school mentality and, and understand the technologies that are given to us, um, the changes in, in, in the expectations, be it through standards, through um, business standards, through job standards, through all of those things and, and trying to adapt to those and trying to get everybody else on board to adapt with those. Um, it's been challenging. Uh, you, you see people that come in as a new football coach um, on a bigger stage that everybody's familiar with. You see people that come into that and some of those guys completely mix up the entire operation. They change it and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, you know, I think that we've had to deal with some of those challenges of finding the things that work and finding the things that don't. Um, you know, I have to be pretty thankful to the employees that work here because, I mean, some of it's been challenging for them. And sometimes I think a lot of people would have to look back and say, yeah, this is, this is painful. I mean, why do we keep changing to all these computer programs and all these different things that we do? And so the 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 idea of bringing the company up and through the ranks and watching other companies you know I, I tend to spend a lot of time watching all these other businesses and what they do um, and try to grow with the things that they're doing um, you know some of the, the companies that you know obviously have larger uh, checkbooks than we do and you know trying to stay with those times and trying to you know keep the place moving functionally keep everybody safe here uh, all those you know those are new challenges and you know the 
getting getting everybody home safe every night is probably one of the largest challenges that we do here um especially you know with all the new technology and everything else i mean there's lots of areas to yeah to to be dangerous well and you know getting people home safe is a really important part of what you do when you are obviously working on the highway like you are uh when you have people who are out you know you know doing jobs on the side of the road um you know you have multiple trucks that are out every single day um and you know safety is a big piece of it which certainly plays into you know how you keep your people happy and how you keep your people around i want to go back to something you and i have talked about here recently um and that's um communication you know, there's been a couple instances that you and I have talked about where maybe you feel like, you know, gosh, we could have we could have done things better. And maybe a learning for you was, you know, maybe turning on the lights a little bit more uh, to the employee base about what was happening, communicating up front versus maybe just reacting and making a you know, making a decision. Um, and, you know, I'd love to dig into that a little bit. You know, one of those learnings for you has been around how you address employees, how you talk to them, how you tell them what's going on, bringing them in a room and just saying, hey, let me tell you what's going on with the business. So there aren't any rumors or fears. Tell us a little bit about that and, and some of those learnings this last year. Yeah. So I think uh, I think it's pretty safe to say that both you and my fiance have uh, established <laughs> that I'm not a good communicator. Um <laughs> And it's something that I uh, I work tirelessly on, really, is to be a better communicator. And I certainly haven't mastered it. But I, I think that, you know, I think it kind of goes back to the old school and the new school uh, way of thinking, um, especially in today's times. Uh, communication, um, it's it's key for these for everybody to understand. And I think where I've made a lot of mistakes is, is I've just expected people to think that I'm making the best decisions for this company and I'm making the best decisions for them. Um, in, in the process of that and and by not sharing things that are good information for everybody to have it, it's never been necessarily a, a concealment or hey I don't want you to know about this or anything like that it's just always been uh, more of an assumption that I, I, I guess I, I trusted everybody to think that we were we were doing the best thing for for everybody here you've got everybody's back and just trust us and whatever else but that but trust me without, you know, hey, let me tell you what's happening behind the veiled curtain can cause problems, right? Yeah, I used to always preach to everybody that I would try to hire that would come here and I would say, hey, look, there's two things you have to you have to really understand to work here and be successful. It's communication and trust. And I don't necessarily know that I even knew what I was saying when I was telling people that because I I was saying it, but I wasn't really doing what I was preaching. And I wasn't doing it out of negligence. I was just... Hey, you got to trust me, you know? Yeah. So I was expecting the trust portion of it to just happen without the communication, right? And so often we see people that come in and they're mad about something. And sometimes it could be as simple as a time card issue. Sometimes it could be something, uh, a PTO issue, um, an on-the-job issue. And people don't say anything and it festers no different than a personal relationship or a business relationship. They keep these things to themselves. It festers. Um, oftentimes today, people talk about it on Twitter and Facebook, and then they get other people that join the storm and say, hey, um, yeah, bad place. I can't believe they do this to you. Um, and ultimately, if a simple conversation could have been had and, and brought into us and said, hey, look, here, here's here's what I've got. Here's my issue right now. And, and I can either take that opportunity to say, hmm, I'm sorry that you feel that way, but that's where it is right now or not. You know, uh, I've got probably one of the most giving hearts. I'm willing to give anybody anything, but um, 
a lot of people keep those things concealed. And like I said, with social media of today, yeah. um, it's a completely different thing. And I, I think that's, uh, you know, one of the largest hurdles that we're also working to overcome here with these, with the social media, when you've got things like Indeed and everything else, and yeah. you get one person that leaves this place and isn't happy and they go online and write a bad review, you know, I mean, that lingers on for us. And, and you know, and then I'm hoping that somebody's going to trust us that, that was just a disgruntled review that we got and this really is a good place. And so, you know, um, the communication thing is, is critical. Um, part of the new school thing is getting people the, the, uh, the feedback and doing reviews and, you know, I'm very terrible at it, but I'm, I'm also very committed to doing it because I want people to know where they stand and, you know, if there's things that we want them to correct, then, them for them to correct it, you know, and give them a chance to correct it and not be terrible communicators on our end and let those ill feelings that we have fester and, and grow and grow and grow. So, yeah. And, 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 you know, the thing is you say you're, you're terrible at reviews, but I mean, I will say, you know, no, no review, not doing a review, not sitting down and talking to somebody about where they stand. That's the most terrible. Anybody can be at reviews, sitting down, at least having a conversation uh, where you're, you're at least learning, uh, you know, where opportunities lie. Um, you, I, I wouldn't say you're terrible at that because at least you're starting that. And there's a lot of companies still, believe it or not, that aren't doing this at all. Um, one of the things that, that you said about communication that I think sticks with me is just, you know, knowing that like it, there's the difference between intent. So the intent of your decisions is like not to hurt anybody, not to harm anybody, but then not being able to explain or not turning the lights on ahead of time causes then all sorts of these problems. I think one of the things I've learned over the years too is to be as open and transparent with everything I possibly can because otherwise people are just going to assume there's something negative going on. You know, people are just going to assume there's something behind the curtain. There's something behind the closed door. Um, there could be nothing in there, um, but the boogeyman really becomes like a real thing to everybody, even though, you know, you you and I know there's nothing happening. Nobody has to be worried about anything, but, you know, that that's that's the place that we are today. And I think the other piece of it, too, you talk about social media. You know, you've been called out on Facebook before, and uh, I've been called out on some social media platforms before in the past as well. Um, and it's not a fun feeling, no doubt. Um, but at the same time, it's also one of those things that that's just the, the today world that we live in. And it is that new school, old school thing. Like, you know, today, guys like you and I, as leaders, have to deal with this stuff as, as much as it's not very fun. Um, so as you think about, you know, learning through failure, you know, this last year has been a big aha moment for you, it sounds like, for a lot of things. And as you think about learning through failure, you know, what, what's your philosophy? Do you, do you reflect back on a day-to-day basis? Do you reflect back over several months? Do you have these things kind of hit you like a ton of bricks as they come into you and then you make changes from there? What's your philosophy through learning that way? Um, I don't know. I would say I'm a pretty emotional guy. Um, and I've over the years, I've gotten myself hung up and caught on, um, I, I've gotten hung up. I, I, I think about certain things that have happened and I dwell on them and I can't let them go. Um, you know, um, but I've also learned this year that y- you can't fix what already happened. You can only go forward with what you've got. And, you know, we went through some tumultuous stuff here through the through the first part of the year and I think it's been something that's been growing and growing and growing and I think that's probably been the hardest part is just accepting that hey it doesn't matter it doesn't matter um anymore and what matters is what we do from this point moving forward and so um I I, I don't know I, I just tend to focus on what we're doing moving forward 
you know, you can't look back too much because it's not going to, yeah. you can't fix any of that. So how do you bring your employees through that then? So you go through those challenging times, you're dealing with it as a leader, as a GM, as a, you know, a figurehead in this company. Your employees are dealing with it at a different level. So how do you bring them through that to continue to think about what's next? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's, uh, I think for us, we're just trying to bring in everybody. This is uh, one of our exercises that we're doing here through the winter is we're bringing in uh, a bunch of key guys and, and and working through the issues that we're trying to solve through this winter. Um, you know, new laws and new regulations that we're trying to, to match up with and make sure that we've got covered. Um, sharing with them uh, a little bit more of the things that are happening within the company. You know, like I told you, we uh, we went through some times and we, we made some decisions. You know, we showed off some credit cards and then we ended up listing some properties for sale. And uh, it took me months to have the aha moment of saying, oh man, geez, we didn't do very good at this because we didn't really tell people what we were doing. You know, and that was after I, I had heard people going around telling, hey, I think these guys are going under I mean, yeah. we better find a new job. And so, you know, for me, I, I think that was a huge aha moment to say, God, we've got to share with everybody what we're doing, you know, good, bad, and different so that everybody knows that it's not, it's not some, you know, behind the scenes game that's going on and they're going to get some surprise one day because that was never the intent. And so bringing everybody in here, um, letting everybody be a part of the planning for the future, um, making sure that everybody understands their roles and and what their expectations are from us, um, hearing what their what the employees' expectations are um, from them, you know, so we can we can help with those um, and be a part. You know, we've we've certainly let a few people down um, over the past couple of years that have put in countless and tireless hours for us. Um, and been unable to do their things that they want to do. And, you know, that's one of my biggest goals is to make sure that we have all the right guys in all the right places so that people can have their lives too while they work here and, and, and do the things they want to do. Well, and you talk about role responsibility. I think that's, uh, that's, that's important in every line of work, right? You talked about the, uh, you know, football a little bit earlier. Uh, every, you know, Bill Belichick's thing is do your job. You know, whatever your job is, do your job. Be responsible for your role, your position, whatever that is. Um, and defining that clearly for everybody is really important in the workplace because if people don't know what they're, how they contribute to the mission, then that can cause challenges. But how do you contribute to the mission these days in your role? Because you're trying to figure out how to be, you know, the role you're in, be a figurehead, be a leader, not get in other people's business because you've seen where that's happened in other, other cases where, you know, you, you're, you're trying to make sure you run the mission ahead, of, uh, you know, uh, forward, but also not cause problems where you're not supposed to just be at. So how do you think about your role today as a general manager, you know, when this company is running 70 plus employees? I think my role really is just making sure that everybody understands, you know, what their role is and um, given those those swift expectations of what, what they're supposed to be doing. Um, I think that's where we've gotten into a lot of trouble over the past few years is, is that uh, people work here and we have job descriptions and, um, you know, there's some things that are just kind of untold expectations and some people just get those and some people don't. It seems... Um, more often in today's world that that's that most people don't get them it's it's not um, necessarily a hit on them um, it's just the difference of of 20 years um, and it would I would explain that the same way for me um, 
there was a lot of things that I was supposed to have just gotten from my parents as as time has wore on, and I didn't, and I've had to learn these over time, and, and really, I think for me, it, helping explain and give people those expectations of what the company's core values are, what our mission statement is, and what we stand behind, and how the org chart flows in this company, um, I think that's all part of making the company flow better, and really, you know, making it better for everybody, not just me, not just the project managers or superintendents here, everybody, because oftentimes uh, the reason something goes bad is because it came through my desk or my email and I didn't deal with it. I missed it. Um, I pushed it off to the side and ultimately the guys in the field paid for it because it didn't get pushed off. So I think making sure that everybody understands and, and knows what the expectation is, um, is really the next big thing for us to to move forward. So 18-ish years ago, um, you know, you were on the side of the highway putting in signs, going and doing jobs in various places over the course of the state, uh, you know, with some guys who we were buddies with, you know, um, and, you know, you were you were doing um, a role that was very important to the mission of this company. But at 18 years old, you know, you were having a ton of fun with it, um, digging trenches, putting in signs, you know, dealing with some superintendents here and there. You know, fast forward to today, now you're in the seat that you're in and you're thinking about the next next 18 years. But if you could go back to that time uh, when you were kind of carefree 18 years old, you know, doing the roles you were doing, what would you tell yourself today knowing what you know now? Oh, man. I don't know. <laughs> I, I was just uh, I just went public skating with my son yesterday and I was just having this exact thought of, man, what if I knew today? Um, back then, what I knew today, um, if I knew all that, what would I do with it? Um, I don't know. It would be so hard. Um, you know, I, I've been through so much. I'm a fairly large guy, and so I've I've uh, I've t- I tend to intimidate people. And some of the things that you know, some of the challenges, the hurdles that I've had to overcome, uh, I'm certainly not o- overly uh, intentional with my intimidation. I think it just comes with my size and my demeanor. I don't say a lot, but uh, man, 18 years ago, if I knew what I knew now, uh, I would think that I could be a lot farther on top of the world um, 18 years later, for sure. And, you know, I I think that's my my big goal is is at the halfway point here, you know, got another 18 years to, to grow on what I've really learned. And I've learned a tremendous amount, you know, not only just in the field, but now here in the office world and, and what it takes to run something. Yeah. So. And I imagine too, a lot of it has to do with, you know, maybe leaning a little more into, you know, some of the, the, the feelings that run go with running a business, you know, versus, uh, you know, it being a little more, uh, utilitarian of like, yeah, everybody just go do your job, figure it out and we'll keep moving forward. But, you know, today you talk about this new school, you know, today's business is run a lot more on culture and feelings and values and versus, you know, when your parents and even my parents and they were doing it, it was driven a little more on like, hey, in this industry especially, right? Show up, do your job, earn your paycheck, go home, do it again tomorrow. Um, have you felt a lot of that as the business has evolved over time? Um, yeah. I mean, I think the best way that I could sum this up is is I started I started coaching uh, my son's little hockey team and he was four years old. And when I started, um, these little boys were out there and they were trying to stop on ice. And if anybody's ever ice skated, um, 
I mean, stopping is probably the biggest thing. You can go as fast as you want, but you can't stop in big <laughs> trouble. Um, <clears throat> and so I watched these kids out there, and I would say, man, it's so easy to stop. And and now I was being, you know, really expected to show these kids how to stop. And as I thought about it, I thought, man, I, I don't know if I could, I don't, I don't know how to tell them how to stop. And so it really made my mind evolve to say, wow. Um, and, and in 18 years of time, I did almost everything that this company has done. Uh, I don't really know that I, there's one thing that we do that I haven't done um, yet. Um, and so it, it really made me ponder to think, God, if, if I can't teach these kids how to stop, I mean, I know everything about hockey. I played hockey for a long time. Um, I certainly know everything about this business. And uh, what would make me even a good teacher to show everybody how this business works and everything else. Um, and really, that's probably been the number one question that I've asked myself over the past year is, geez, how, how am I going to teach everybody here to stop? How am I gonna show everybody what it takes for this business to be successful and as a company? How am I going to do that? Um, I think the evolution of that process is still very, very mind-boggling to me because I, I don't know that I even understand it yet. Yeah. Well, we, we talked about role responsibility, and we talked about your role, and I think that that's part of it, too, is that you have gone from being an executor. You know, I'm going to go out and I'm going to do signs. I'm going to go out and I'm going to do striping. I'm going to go out and I'm going to you know, move barrier. I'm going to go out and do all these roles that the company has. Um but now all of a sudden you're, you're not executing, you know, you, you can't, and I've told you for years and I think you're finally at the point where you're not doing it anymore, but I told you for years, get out of the damn crane, you know, get out of the side of the highway, stop doing this stuff, stop executing, go figure out a way to be a boss. And I think now you're having to evolve to figure out how to be a teacher, you know, how to be a leader, because, you know, you can't go out and just say, get out of the crane. I'm going to, I'll go move the barrier. You have to be the one that shows somebody how to actually do it these days. And that's got to be a tough evolution to go through too when when you're learning as you go. Yeah, I think when you're when you're when you're the guy that's out there making all of this stuff happen, I think that's probably one of the hardest uh transitions that you could make uh when you're out there making the field decisions and you're making these contractors um happy, sometimes mad. Um but when you're out there making all that stuff happen and then you come in to the office uh, you still want to make everybody happy and you still want to try to appease all these contractors and everything else. Um, but now you're doing it with other people's emotions and other people's talents and um, finding that balance of not trying to overbook yourselves and trying to um, put all the right guys in the right places to make the work happen. I mean, from, you know actually executing the work to now expecting other people and giving them the tools to go out and execute that work. Um, that's, that's a huge, huge process. Yeah. And I, I would argue it's the single hardest thing for every leader to go through from being an individual contributor to then all of a sudden leading a team to then leading teams of teams to then sitting in the seat you're in today. Um, and I will tell you, it's something that I have had to struggle through over the course of the last 18 months and just the growth that I've gone through where all of a sudden you, you're managing maybe a smaller team and then you're managing an entire business unit. And, and the other part of that too is not only teaching, but also making sure that you're in the right lane and staying in your lane and not getting in the way of people and not you know getting in business you don't need to be in, involved in. And what I learned was I would screw up the project 
because I would think, oh, I can start it. I can do it. And I wouldn't have the time management to do it. I would start the project. I would get about 40% done. I'd screw it up and then realize, you know what, uh, someone else should probably really be doing this. Um, and I think staying in your lane is a really important piece of this, too, as you're thinking about teaching people. Right. When you're a natural fixer, that's yeah. I think you jump in and, and you do more harm than you do good. But it's, it's not... It's not with bad intent. Yeah. Um, I want to uh, go back in time a little bit to motivations for you. Um, why a bi- Why the business? Why was this a passion of yours? You know, as you, you go back all those years and you think about growing up in business, uh, I don't think for you it was ever an option. You were always going to go this path um, knowing the way I know you. Why? Oh, man. I don't know. I, I look back and think why myself sometimes um, – you know, there's pictures around the office here of me when I was, you know, barely as tall as the bumper on one of the trucks uh, when I used to be with my parents all the time. Um, you know, I spent countless hours with my with my dad out on the roads, and I always just loved it. It was always just my passion, and I always, I don't know, maybe I just never really knew any better, um, but I always loved it. I never, I never didn't like it. And ultimately, um, you know, as I got into high school, um, I had a gas card, but if I wanted to keep the gas card, I had to come in and put the time in, and, <laughs> you know, as we grew up and did things that maybe I didn't want to go down and do this as much anymore, um, and the gas card would go away. So I had to, had to make sure that I was committed to this. And, you know, um, at the time I always hated those things, uh, cause I much rather would have been, you know doing whatever we would have been doing. But ultimately, I think it really has, you know, instilled in me the work ethic to know that, hey, there's a time to go have fun and there's a time to when you got to work. And um, I think as I've gotten older and the stress has grown, uh, learning how to balance that, that uh, the work and the fun has, has been a big deal because uh, you can't have all that stress all the time. So, you know, I don't know. I, I just, I've just always loved this business. I still love it. Some of the challenges that we've had, um, you know, they've definitely, it's, it's hard not to get frustrated. Um, especially as you get older. Um, but it's always just been my passion. I, I still have the passion. I love dealing with the people that I get to deal with, be it contractors, be it employees, uh, you know, officials, any of that. Uh, I just, I just love all of it. Yeah. Um, you know, not to divert us too much, but one of my very favorite moments I have was one time we were at Wandrack getting gas. Uh, we, I think we were in one of your trucks, maybe one of my cars, whatever. And I remember you, uh, after you got done pumping the gas, you had a styrofoam, one of that, remember that big styrofoam cowboy hat, the big mm-hmm. foam cowboy hat? And you looked out in the distance and put the uh, gas nozzle between your legs and sprayed gas off into the distance. <laughs> and I yelled something like "Yeehaw!" at the same time. Um, I think that was a, a good good example of you know the good lives that we got to grow up grow up with um, and the fun that we got to have as a result of these amazing businesses that we got a chance to grow up in. And obviously, you know, you're trying to do the same thing, you know, for your son and for your family. You know, as you think about laying the foundation for the future too, as you know, your son's going to grow up in the same exact environment, seeing and wanting a lot of those same things, um, which is pretty amazing. Um, all right. As we think about wrapping up here, one of the things I want to um, uh, uh, also ask is, 
you know, future business owners, you know, somebody who may be listening right now that wants to start a franchise or start a business or start an idea, what kind of advice would you give them as they think about embarking on this or as they think about just operating a business itself, knowing, you know, what you what you've been through as a leader? Uh, that's a tough question to ask because I ask myself this question all the time or answer is I ask myself this all the time. Um, you know, I, I've been given this opportunity by my parents I, and, and, and it was it was basically their their dream and vision that started this 35 years ago. And so I've never really had to consider I mean, what it would take to start a company. And I ask myself all the time. Um, you know, they started with a five thousand dollar check thirty five years ago, and what's a five thousand dollar check worth today in two thousand nineteen? Um, I can guarantee you, it's a lot more than five thousand dollars. And what it would take to start a business, and the perseverance, and um, the trust that you have to have in, in whoever your partner is, uh, be it your wife, be it your best friend, whatever, um, and. You know your ability to stay the course and go through the tough times and know that you got the right people in the right places to um to follow you um you know i learned a couple years ago staying powers one of the strongest things that you could ever have um because it's not all easy and you know knowing that you got the right people in your corner um supporting you and to have your back you know when you make the big mistakes um, and, and also patting you on the back when you, when you make the, the big accomplishments too. So, you know, for me, somebody to start up, um, I've got nothing but respect for anybody that wants to start up a business because, uh, especially in today's world with the rules and the regulations that, you know, we all have to abide by and play by, um, it's hard and it's a commitment. It's a challenge. It's, it's something that, um, man, I, I don't know. It's. It's not something I've ever had to consider, and I'm grateful for that. Um, sometimes I feel a little bit spoiled in regards to that, but I do think about it all the time because there's always new businesses that are starting up, and you think about the commitment and the stress that comes with it, and it's, I mean, it's a lot to think about. Yeah. Well, I, I think you, you you said a couple of really powerful things, though, for, for anybody to think about, which is surround yourself with really good people. You know, make sure that you've got the support along the way to make it actually happen. Um, and also surround yourself with people who are going to challenge you, people who are going to, you know, think about things in different ways and, uh, you know, diversify that, that group that's around you because it's not easy. And, you know, $5,000 today wouldn't get you much in starting a business. Uh, you know, it might help you buy a computer or something, but that's about it. Um, but $5,000 plus some really good people and the support and everything else that goes into that might be the the, the thing that would make it work. Um, we shouldn't kid ourselves it's actually like you know five million dollars today that it takes to really start a business um but with that being said uh matt will will wrap up uh, i just want to say thank you for uh for the time today thanks for uh you know some of these great uh learnings along the way for everybody who's listening um you know you, you've obviously been through a lot in in learning as you go on the job with this business over the last several years um and i think that the, the key things that stand out to me too is just we're all learning as we go and you know your perseverance through some of those challenges 
um, is really the, you know, that's what's equaling the staying power that you're talking about. Like, hey, you guys aren't going anywhere. You, you sure you're going to make some mistakes. Sure, there's going to be some challenges. Sure, there's going to be some failures. But you know what? You're not closing up shop. You're not going anywhere. You're going to keep operating this business as is. And if anything, you're going to be stronger every year that continues to follow from this point forward. Um, so thanks for your vulnerability today as you're, as you're sharing some of this stuff. Um, uh, all right. Well, with that being said, thanks again, Matt. And um, we'll go ahead and, uh, and, and wrap up. And I uh, appreciate uh, your time today. Yeah. Thanks, man. All right. We'll see you.